When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. We've done it. We've made it through another work week. For those in the United States, it was probably a four-day week, but that's fine. We're here. We're here as a part of the Steel Curtain Network. We've got some big announcements coming up. If you listened to the Steelers preview, you heard some of those. Go check that podcast out for some of those changes in our schedule and some new shows. Show, I should say. And some shows that are leaving. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Go listen to the Steelers preview. In the meantime, want to make sure we get covered with the news. Uh, And I'm not talking about the network. I'm talking about the Steelers news. Uh, Really the only Steelers news that's happened since the last time we spoke was Christian Kuntz, the long snapper, signed a one-year contract. Oh, but there was the news of Aaron Curry. I forgot about this. The former top five pick in the National Football League. Uh, Aaron Curry, it's an official now that he is a linebackers coach. And the Steelers let Jerry Olsavsky go. Uh, I, I don't know what really to think about all this. I'm not sure if this is something that I feel is you know, horrible or great. I don't know much about this guy. We shall see. I do know that as of late, the, the coaching additions I've been very happy with. I mean, when you think about Pat Meyer, had a decent amount of success in year one. I think Frisman Jackson has done a good job in his time with the wide receivers. You think about uh, Alfredo Roberts with the tight ends. Uh, so far, so good with some of these new hires. So I'm going to 
I'm going to keep a positive outlook here with the addition of Curry, even though it's it's sad to see Jerry Olsavsky, who's been a mainstay with the Steelers for a very long time, leave the organization. Uh, but they also keep Christian Coons for a one-year deal, so they'll have their long snapper for at least one more year. Okay, we do have in the second half, don't forget, Jeremy Betts coming up, the All Bets Are Off segment, as well as the Heart to Heart at the very end of the show, like we always finish out every Friday podcast. But I want to talk about something first. And the one thing I want to discuss is free agency. You know, free agency is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Next week, we turn the calendar over to March, and it's March 13th is when the first day of the legal tampering period begins. They have two days, 13th and 14th. That's when all the news starts. Remember last year, that was when the Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky, uh, James Daniels, Mason Cole, and then it's on the 15th when everything then becomes official. And the 15th is the first day of the new league year. All NFL teams need to have, uh, they need to be right there with the um, salary cap. They cannot be over the salary cap at the time. That's when everything goes into effect. So I was thinking about free agency. And I was thinking about how everyone across the NFL fan base, whatever, doesn't matter who you root for, but especially Steelers fans, Typically, they just go, uh, you know, goo-goo and gaga for the new shiny toy that they get. They make a free agent signing, and everyone's like, oh, yes, this is exactly what the Steelers need. And maybe I, I don't like to be Debbie Downer or anything like that, but there are situations when you have to think about this and say, not all these situations have panned out for the Steelers. So I decided, and I wrote these articles for the website, I did the 10 worst free agent signings. And this is kind of like a, a, a bad trip down memory lane. And most of the time when you're reminiscing and you're thinking back to all the stuff that, you know, oh, those, those were great memories. These are not good memories, folks. I'm going to say some names that are just not that great in Steelers lore, Steelers history. You know, for every James Ferrier and Kevin Green that were just fantastic free agent additions, there were some really bad ones. Some of you out there, I just want you to know, if you're especially if you're a younger fan, some of these players you might not know anything about. And that's okay. Uh, they probably didn't spend a long time with the Steelers, but that's okay. We're just going to kind of run down this list. And then I even did a secondary list because all these fans that were commenting on the article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, that website still, still exists, by the way, that I was like, oh, I'll do an honorable mention for all those moves that were made that also were maybe not top 10 worthy, but are worthy of their awfulness. So let's start out top 10. This is not in any particular order. I couldn't do that. They're just all so bad. So I started off with Sean Mahan. You know, he was a center. He was the one that was tasked with coming in after the Super Bowl 40 win and, and after Jeff Harding's retired. That dude was a was awful. And it resulted in finally Marquise Pouncey uh, being drafted. But still, Sean Mahan was was not good. Uh, another one that a lot of people forget is Lance Moore, who did the majority of his career work and damage down at New Orleans. He comes to Pittsburgh. Everyone's thinking this is the free agent wide receiver pickup that would be great. No. No, it was awful. I think he only caught one touchdown pass in his time with Pittsburgh. Was known more for his was known more for his bright pink socks he wore during breast cancer breast cancer awareness month. And the one touchdown he did catch wasn't even thrown by Ben Roethlisberger. Was actually thrown by Antonio Brown. Next, Kent Graham. Yeah, you got to go back to the 2000 season. They bring Kent Graham in, thinking that he's going to be maybe the solution to the quarterback situation. No. 
He started five games, never saw the field again. Cordell Stewart comes in. That guy was not good. The next player, Jonathan Scott. You know, he, he was a pickup from the Buffalo Bills after they released him. He only spent two years in Pittsburgh. He looked more like a turnstile than he did an actual tackle. Wasn't good. Now, I hated putting the next guy on this list. He was a great player, just could not stay healthy. But he deserves to be on the list because he just never panned out, and that's Ladarius Green. So Ladarius Green comes to Pittsburgh. They signed him as a free agent. He had a pre-existing ankle injury. He had had surgery, but they said he'll be fine. He'll be ready to go for training camp. He wasn't. Finally, they get him on the field. He has a great game against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. He gets concussed, and guess what? That's basically it. He, he ended up leaving, being released, and the concussion issues ended his career. What a, That guy could have been fantastic, but ultimately just didn't pan out because of injuries. Another bad player, another free agent signing, Cam Thomas. Who remembers Cam Thomas, that defensive lineman? The dude looked like he was wearing roller skates on the field. That's not good when you're a defensive lineman. I uh, just only spent, he, somehow he spent two seasons in Pittsburgh, but no. Was not good. Everyone remember Dustin Colquitt? Yes, the son of the former Steelers punter Colquitt. Everyone thought prior to the 2020 season, yeah, this is good. I celebrated it. I was like, yes, finally Jordan Berry. Weasel boy is going to be gone. Mike Tomlin called his kicking JV, and eventually Berry returned to Pittsburgh, much to my demise. Next, let's go with Morgan Burnett, the safety He was brought in the same year they drafted Terrell Edmonds, first overall. Everyone thought he was going to be a nice stopgap between the two. Nope. Injuries, again, just like Ladarius Green, Morgan Burnett didn't didn't see the field very often. Terrell Edmonds saw the field way more than anyone expected. And he was capable, but that time, Morgan Burnett's time in Pittsburgh was very short-lived based on the injuries. He did actually go on to continue to play in the NFL, but that one year in Pittsburgh was definitely forgettable. How could I not have a list of the worst free agent signings without LeGarrette Blunt? I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, not only did he and Le'Veon Bell's joy riding before the Philadelphia Eagles preseason game have them suspended, but also when Blunt became a disgruntled employee and walked off the field after that game in Tennessee. He ends up getting released, and oh, just don't worry, Blunt gets re-signed by the Patriots, goes on to win a Super Bowl that year, much to the demise of Steeler fans. Definitely one of the worst free agent signings. And then to round out the the top 10, Dante Moncrief. Come on, Dante Moncrief. I remember our own Kevin Smith. He wrote an article about how Dante Moncrief can be a weapon. He can stretch the field. Everyone's excited. He was most known for the, in 2019, the week two game in Seattle when Ben Roethlisberger leaves. Mason Rudolph comes in. He throws a pass. It hits off Moncrief's face face mask, still, gets intercepted. That was kind of like the way that it went. Dante Moncrief didn't even last a season. He got he sat on the bench, inactive. He didn't see the field. They cut him for compensatory pick purposes. That was bad. So those are 10. But then there were people that said, Jeff, you're missing some. And I said, okay, here's some more. Let's take a deep breath and let's go through some of these. I don't want to cause people to have like a panic attack thinking about these players. Mark Barron. Remember Mark Barron, the tweener? Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Answer, he's neither. Horrible, horrible pickup. Deuce Staley, great in Philadelphia, had a couple moments in Pittsburgh, couldn't stay healthy. 
Not a good pickup. Justin Hartwig somehow, someway won a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh in Super Bowl 43. They did draft uh, after this, after Justin Hartwig's tenure was up, they did draft Marquise Pouncey. But Justin Hartwig was probably most known for his safety in Super Bowl 43, where he held in the end zone. I don't want to talk about that too much. Another horrible pickup, Jacoby Jones. Mike Tomlin thought a change of scenery would create a spark. He was wrong. That was bad. Awful from the start. How about a more recent one? Stefan Wisniewski. Remember him? Coming off of a Super Bowl win with the Eagles, Super Bowl win with the Chiefs. Everyone's thinking, man, this is the guy the Steelers need. That veteran lineman. So he injured his pectoral muscle in week one. Monday nighter against the New York Giants. When he was healed, and he, he's ready to come back, the Steelers release him. And they release him. And he goes on to play in another Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but he end, they end up losing that game. Still just a really bad signing, even though it just didn't pan out. How about Mike Mitchell? Mike Mitchell did stay in Pittsburgh for a long time. The Steelers signed him after his four-interception season with the Carolina Panthers. All he did in that time in Pittsburgh, in his four seasons in Pittsburgh, was he equated to that one season in Carolina. He never had more than, uh, in his four seasons, he tied the four interception total that he had in Carolina. How about the last one here in the honorable mention category, Todd Peterson. Peterson was a kicker, was brought in to be that reliable veteran. He was awful, and he resulted in Jeff Reed getting the kicking job following his dismissal from the team. So just a little friendly reminder out there, folks, that while we all get excited, myself included, because when you talk about when the Steelers signed LeGarrette Blount, I was excited. I thought it was a great signing. And there were a lot of really good signings, too. Yeah, I mentioned Kevin Green. I mentioned James Ferrier. You could say D'Angelo Williams as well. Not all of them are bad. These are just the bad ones. When Ladarius Green was signed, I was so happy. that that was that was He reminded me of Eric Green from back in the day. And it just didn't pan out. None of these panned out. That's why they find their way on the worst free agent list of Steelers history. Just remember, keep that in mind this this offseason. Although a lot of the free agents last year panned out, they don't always pan out, and that's just part of it. The Steelers are not by themselves in that regard. All right, coming up after this break, I'm going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about the Combine, Omar Khan. Ask him a couple questions about an article I've coming out on the website about the NFL maybe doing a little minor league system. And don't forget the hard heart at the end. We'll be right back after this break. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. It is the second half of your Let's Ride podcast, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. 
Jeremy, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's been a busy week, but uh, ready to talk some football with you. Absolutely. We're all gearing up for the NFL scouting combine to come up. You know, it's coming up at the end of next week and leads into March and that's exciting. And we're going to talk about that, but I want to get your thoughts first on an article that I wrote. I think you were actually the one that shared this in the Slack channel for us. And I talked about it on my Wednesday podcast is the fact that Omar Khan was the Mm -hmm. only GM at the HBCU, um, their own combine. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, I, I think my my biggest thought is that you know he's Omar Khan's trying to get out there and just and show that he's um he's taking this seriously he's he's all in and I think you know with something like the HBCU um the the combine that they had where you're talking about uh, uh, something that's growing a an event that's gaining some more steam and some more um just some more eyes on it uh, across the NFL that, you know, trying to find talent anywhere you can is, is a huge deal. And for a guy in Omar Khan who uh, is new to being a GM and has had, there's questions about whether he's got the, um, the personnel, uh, uh, the abilities to identify players and, and put all that together. If, you know, if, if he's able to do that, um, you know, you're looking at a guy who's got the whole package. So I think he's really trying to put a step out, a step of foot out there and say, man, I am the whole package and I'm willing to take the extra step. Even if it means, you know, there's no other GMs here. I'm going to be uh, the GM that, that shows up to this thing. And, you know, maybe the Steelers have their eye on a specific prospect. You never know. But um, when he shows up, I think it, it just shows that he's, he's ready to uh, not make Steelers fans forget about Kevin Colbert, but be ready for this next this next regime that's in place. Yeah, I don't think I think there were some people that might have thought that was kind of like a PR stunt. You know, maybe he's in first year GM, want to get his face out there, some positive spin on him and his role with the team. I think it was more than that. I think this was definitely Omar Khan thinking like, hey, all these other GMs are passing on this. Yeah. I'm not going to pass on it. I'm not going to pass up an opportunity for me, for someone that, like you said, wants to probably show off it, that he can handle the personnel side of this job. Well, let's get out there to the first combine you have and let's do it. So um, it, I thought it was a good step forward for him, a, mm-hmm. a good first step in terms of his first NFL offseason as the GM. And the big the big event is coming up in the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. I know you have an article that's going to run uh, actually, it ran on uh, Thursday in regards to it's kind of like a primer, getting everyone geared yep. up for the big event. Omar Khan will be speaking on Tuesday, I believe, the 28th of February. So make sure you check us out for that. I'm sure we'll have some content regarding his comments as it's the first time he's spoken this offseason. But when you think about the the scouting combine, and I know it's position by position, and that's a little different, but what do you look for? out of athletes when it comes to the combine and the testing results to come back. Yeah, I think like you said, it, it position by position, you're looking at some different things. That was kind of the, the highlight of that article. Um, you know, just kind of outlining uh, for the, st- the top positions of need for the Steelers, you know, what, what you should be looking for in these guys. And I think that for me, the biggest thing when I'm watching the combine is I want to see, these guys get out there and be fluid in how they handle each of their activities. You know, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they're different than wide receivers and cornerbacks, but each one of them needs to, to show, show off that 
smoothness and that that fluidity, the agility to be able to handle all of these different tasks and drills and everything. And, you know, when the, when the wide receivers run the gauntlet, you're not necessarily looking for them to catch every single pass, but you want them to be able to flip those hips and, and turn and, and get, get in position correctly. And then, uh, you know, tap those toes along the sideline. You want to be able to see these guys, uh, in their three cone drill, get off quick and, and make sharp cuts and be decisive in their movements. And, uh, it's not always all about the four two forties or the, uh, 40 reps on the 225 bench press, you know, that those are the flashy things, the, the things that, um, uh, maybe if you're a casual fan or new to, to watching the combine, you're like, man, this guy is something else. But I think we've seen enough of the scouting combine, um, or enough players come from the scouting combine where maybe they just took it over. But then when they get to the NFL, something's just not quite clicking. They can't quite there. So, I think you want to see fluidity. You want to see guys that understand the directions and the instructions and all the behind the scenes stuff. That's the stuff that you try to get the little bits and pieces that you can from interviews and whatnot to see what these guys are made of. But, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from it though, in recent years is just don't get over oversold on one prospect or, um, a guy just because he did something great, let the the Steelers do their process. They're, they're going to know way more about it than any of us do anyway. So, uh, you know, trust the process a little bit and don't fall in love with the guy just because he's fast. So this is a long event. It's like a whole week and they, everyone has their favorite events. I want to ask you out of all the events that you could potentially watch, not just positions, but there are certain drills that a lot of fans like to watch. For instance, some people like to watch the 40-yard dash. It doesn't matter yeah. the position. They just like to watch it. What is that drill for you? Do you have a favorite? So the just like the athletic drill, it to me, it's the broad jump. Seeing these guys go from uh, standstill to um, you know as, as far forward as they can leap on two feet. And just the explosiveness and, and the, the power and the drive it takes for these guys to, to – jump nine, 10, 11, 12 feet, even for some of these guys, it's, it's incredible. And that'll tell you a lot more about, uh, creating or taking strength and turning it into power. Cause it's a, those are different things. You, you know, this Jeff being a, a former coach and, um, you know, having experience, I'm sure in the world of athletic training, uh, just because you're strong, doesn't mean you can, you can use that properly. Yeah. And I think, the broad jump is, is a really, really good way to, to de help determine um, if a guy can turn, uh, turn that strength into power and, and really accelerate through that and, and hit those distances that you want to see. That would be the drill for me in the position specific drills. Um, I really love to watch the cornerbacks doing their, uh, their back pedals to, um, sprints. So I, I'm, I can't remember exactly what the drill is called, but you get the guys backpedal and then coming, driving forward and then backpedal again, driving forward with moving the ball, uh, different directions to get them moving. And then at the very end, you send them and they've got to flip those hips and they got to get down the field and catch the ball over the shoulder. And you can tell a lot about a cornerback, his, his overall athleticism. He may look he may look fast in the 40 yard dash, but if he can't flip those hips around, he's going to have trouble at the NFL level. So I like to watch that for sure. 
I actually think, and I was going to bring this up anyways, I actually think that drill is called the Terrell Austin drill. Um, I love one it. of those, one of those drills is actually named after the, the now defensive coordinator sure. of the Steelers. And there's also a Deuce Staley drill for running backs that they do. Uh, and, and you'll hear them, a rich Eisen typically will call yeah. it out. Um, and that's pretty cool, but you talk about explosiveness and I think that, you know, the broad jump is great. So is the vertical, you it know, is, especially yeah. when you're talking about the elite athletes, you're talking, your running backs, your wide receivers, uh, the cornerbacks, the ones that are supposed to be dynamic, explosive players, that vertical leap is going to be very important. I, I love watching the three cone drill, especially for yes, pass rushers, awesome. the edge yep. rushers, Give me the three cone speed and to go back. And I would love that this might be something that you would want to do. Maybe if, as, as you're good looking at, go back and look at some of the elite edge rushers and see what their three cone drill times were and see mm-hmm. if it correlates to their success in the NFL. So does TJ Watts three cone drill at the combine? Is it better than miles Garrett? Was it worse than miles Garrett? You know, the just curious there. I might do that. I might actually look that yeah. up. That that'll be interesting because I think that some of those drills, you can kind of draw some conclusions and you can even go into like Aiden Hutchinson from last year, but, the, right. the, the, we will talk about the combine a lot probably next week as well. I wanted to bring up another topic. You talked about this at the very start of your Steelers fix with Andrew Wilbar uh, this past week. You asked him if he had watched any other professional football, meaning the XFL. Sure. And he said, no, I'm in Andrew's camp. I did not. So I'm going to have an article run. I'm not sure. It might have already run on Thursday. It might run on Friday. Who knows? I bring up the the, the thought process here, and I outline it in hmm. detail of what if the NFL – you know, these leagues, probably like the XFL, the USFL, they want to get more eyeballs on it, right? Right. Yeah. Way to, there's a way to do it. And I think it's that if the NFL adapts, adopts these leagues as almost like their minor league system, akin to the NHL, Major League Baseball, and even when you look into like the D League for NBA. Sure. If you told me that, and the, the example I used in the article, that the San Antonio Brahmas, which is Heinz Ward's <laughs> team, is their like low A affiliate. And then the Pittsburgh Maulers are their like double A affiliate. And I'm watching these players. And now I go into great detail about how the draft would have to expand back to think about in the seventies when it was like 14 rounds, you would expand the draft again. You would want to limit the number of uh, undrafted free agents. And then you would send those draft picks down to one of your affiliates. You want me to buy in me, Jeff Hartman, who only likes the NFL. Give me a feeder system. Give me players to watch, teams to watch, to be engaged with. I think it would be awesome. But, Jeremy, I want to ask you, do you think that idea is even feasible? Let's just assume the NFL and the XFL and the USFL Hmm. are on board. Do you think it's feasible, that thought process? And if so, would you buy into it? I would absolutely love it if that was the case. Then you've got real rooting interest and players that you can kind of follow um, in their – potential rise to to the NFL level because you know if there's one thing you hear basically every NFL coach uh coordinator you know some of these guys they need development after college uh when they can put their sole focus on the game and the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league and if you can't make your mark pretty quickly then you might find yourself out of a job before you've even had a chance to really develop. So I love the idea of having those, that type of affiliate league there. Um, my, my thought process and question then is though, say you've got a guy on your practice squad and, and practice squad 
guys, are they eligible for this league in the, in the off season? Are they going to want to participate in it when they've been uh, practicing with the team and maybe even called up to a couple games during the season? Is that a fatigue issue? That's going to be a problem. Those are some different things, you know, logistically you, there, there'd be a lot to figure out, but I think that they could swing it if they really wanted to. And I've heard Mike Tomlin on, on the mic several times talk about how he, uh, he loves the preseason process because you get to see these guys develop and you want to see, um, you know, how many of these guys can, can make a mark as quickly as possible, but that he also wished that there was a way that he could have more time with these guys. And, you know, uh, maybe not him specifically, but somebody in the organization or in those affiliates that reports to the team brass and, uh, you know, has scouts and, and whatnot, specifically designated for them to be able to watch these guys develop could be a huge thing for the league. You might see some positions where um, guys come along more slowly or you can't find 32 (laughs) starter quality level guys say at quarterback at the position, you know, maybe something like this could improve that situation for the league. Yeah. Cause you think about someone like, uh, let's I'll use Chris Oladokun as an example. Mm. Seventh round draft pick, drafted player, doesn't make a roster. He ends up getting released and finds his way onto the Kansas City Chiefs roster. He wins a Super Bowl technically, but he never dressed once. He was on right. their practice squad, I believe. This That would be the perfect opportunity for that guy to be getting game experience now. I think back to Joshua Dobbs as another example. Right. A guy yeah. that held a clipboard for like the first three to four years of his career. Still has a ton of talent, probably just needs to actually get those in-game experiences. Now, the XFL, I'm sure that The Rock is like, we're going to take down the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, you're not. But if you could pair yeah. with them and make this a, a reality, now you might be on to something because the NFL trumps everything. And when it comes to viewership and what people care about and they're passionate about it. And like I said, I won't watch probably a second of XFL or USFL football, but if all of a sudden the Steelers as an organization had players that were in a feeder system, a farm system, they're going to feed their way up and potentially be those type of players. That would be awesome. And I can even give, firsthand experience with the fact that I grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia, and we have the low uh, affiliate of for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, to be completely yeah. honest with you, it's very, very rare that anyone from Wheeling makes it all the way to Pittsburgh to be with the Penguins. Some get called up to the next day, the, the AHL affiliate, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, but very few have gotten all the way up there. But the fact that there's an opportunity and a chance Everyone cares. Everyone's watching. There's, there's this pipeline and major league baseball is obviously the outlier here because it, some of these players never even see the sniff, the triple a system, let alone get to the bigs. So I was curious what your take would be if that were the way you're going to be. So so you would support it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would. And you know, just with the way that the NFL is trying to, you know, really just take over the sports market. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't consider something like that as well. And I think another angle we got to look at this from is, you know, some of the rules and, and um, I guess trial and error type things that they try in these leagues to give the NFL an idea. Hey, could this work? We see sky judge now because of that. We see the, the yeah. quick rulings. We saw, um, you know, the thought of maybe going for it on fourth and 15 to, to uh, keep the ball uh, down a couple scores. Um, 
you know, I think the XFL now is doing kickoffs where the the kick kickoff team, except for the kicker, lines up five yards in front of the uh, return team that's standing at like the 25 or, or the 30 yard line or something like that. So there's no uh, running start for these guys. So there's some weird things, but you get to see some of those things in a trial and error fashion at a lower level. And, you know, if the NFL is involved in it, then maybe you get a little bit better um, idea of, of what could translate to the next level. So I'm definitely down for it. I, yeah. Any way to increase um, our exposure to the NFL. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get Jeremy, your prospect of the week. Who is it? All right, I've been digging deep into some of these uh, wide receivers um, just because I think the Steelers are going to need to address it at some point. Uh, maybe not the draft. Uh, I'd like to see it like late in the draft. So I'm going to give you a guy out of uh, South Alabama, uh, which hosted the Senior Bowl. He was there at the Senior Bowl. It's Jalen Wayne, uh, who is actually – another legacy player, not for the Steelers, but he is Reggie Wayne's son mm. and uh, plays with an edge. Um, he's got good agility, good route running. He's kind of a, a stocky slot, if you will, six foot, 205 pounds. So a well-built guy and he can move. Um, and you're looking at a Steelers team. Who's got it pretty well set on the, on the outside for, for 2023. Um, but, beyond that it's it's pretty well unknown are they going to address it with a free agent we saw uh, Robert Woods was released this week I think he could be a good fit for what the Steelers would want as a wide receiver three uh, a slot guy but if you're going to address it in the draft I think it's going to be later and I think uh, in the seventh round you could get a guy like Jalen Wayne out of a small school who's got some big time uh, potential as a pass catcher if you watch him with the ball in his hands he looks like uh, like a poor man's Debo Samuel at this point in his career. Uh, he can, he makes people miss. He's got a lot of that um, yak ability, if you will. Uh, he's, he's a return man. So he's got some versatility there. He's a guy that I have enjoyed watching the tape of uh, over the last couple weeks. And I actually had him mocked to the Steelers in my uh, seven round projection a couple weeks ago as well. All right, good stuff. Uh, why don't you tell all the listeners out there what you have coming up on the website as well as on the Steelers Fix next week? Yeah, so you mentioned already the uh, the combine primer, specifically for Steelers fans and the position groups that we're going to be keeping an eye on for the most part. Uh, just more draft stuff, more free agency stuff. As we get a little bit closer, you're going to start seeing some moves being made. Uh, I might do a... Um, I might do a an article about Steelers free agents that could um in or that could be intriguing to other teams and which teams those would be. So that could be um that's something that I've been working on and getting started on uh, kind of the back end of uh getting that produced there. So uh keep an eye out for that. And then the Steelers fix, we're gonna roll with some more position groups. And then uh I don't think we have an interview for this next week, but we're hoping to get one. Uh, or two more before the draft starts. So just keep an eye on that, and we will we will preview the combine before it starts as well. Fantastic stuff, Jeremy. As always, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you next Friday. Have a good one, Jeff. All right, you too. All right, Steeler fans, thank you to Jeremy Drumbats. Look, I want to make a clarification for Jeremy. 
and he brought up the his prospect. He said it was Reggie Wayne's son. It's not. It's his cousin. He realized it after he said it. He sent me a message like, Jeff, it's not his son. It's his cousin. I was like, don't worry. I got you. I'll tell him it's he made a mistake. We all make mistakes. We're all human. Yes, cousin. So there you go. All right, let's finish this up with a little heart-to-heart as we do every Friday. You know, I was scrolling through ESPN the other day, and this actually doesn't have anything to do with the Steelers. I see that Aaron Rodgers decided to go do a, I think he called, it's called a dark retreat. Maybe there's some other technical term or jargon. And it's basically where he goes out, I think it was in Oregon, and he was in a room, and they it's just completely pitch black dark. And they stay in there for days. And it's a way for him to try and connect with himself. And he is someone that is definitely exploring that avenue. If you listen to how he did some more like a more of a hallucinogenic uh, trip the past offseason, he's trying to find unique ways of finding himself. That's not what this is about. The dude can do what he wants. My question is, is why in the world do, do so many people care about what this guy does in the offseason when it's not harming anyone else. I don't get this at all. This is something with me. Everyone's different. And Aaron Rodgers is a different cat. If you haven't figured that out yet, you got to realize that he's just a different dude. Just because he's different doesn't mean it's bad. Just because he's different doesn't mean that somehow he's not faithful to the Packers or if he goes to a dark room and sits there and, and reflects on his life and where he is personally with whatever he's doing. Who cares? He's not hurting anyone. It's not like he left the team in the middle of the season to go on a dark retreat. It's not like he's doing shrooms in the middle of a game to see what it feels like. This isn't that, folks. Can we please calm down a little bit? Can we please say, like, let's pump the brakes and say, whoa, like, Aaron Rodgers can do whatever the hell he wants to do. If it's not hurting anyone else, say, you know what, Aaron? Good luck, man. I hope you're. I hope you find what you're looking for. He's searching for something. Hope you find what you're looking for, man. You want to go on Joe Rogan? You want to go on the Aubrey Marcus podcast? You want whatever? That's fine. It's fine. We can be okay with someone else doing something different. That's my heart to heart. Think about that the next time you comment on social media. All right, folks. That does it for me. I'll be back on Monday, hopefully, with a Monday morning conversation. In the meantime, make sure you check out the Steel Curtain Network. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you'll see me retweet a bunch of stuff. Just find that it's a, it's a good feed. Follow it. We're trying to do things a little bit different there. Uh, you know, interact with us. We love it. We love it. Absolutely love it. And stay tuned for more on that. But you know how we finish it out here. Be safe. Be kind. And God bless. Have a great rest of your day. Great rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.